I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Thank you. You're welcome, sweetie. Have a good day. The demand for healthcare professionals who deliver both comfort and critical care is growing. FindNursingSchools.com connected me with an accelerated bachelor's of nursing degree program in my area with expanded capacity so I could complete the program in 16 months. Now I'm on the path to an in-demand career that offers job stability, flexible schedules, competitive pay, and the choice of where to work. Visit FindNursingSchools.com to begin your journey today. Is it acceptable to go to Mickey D's just for a drink? (laughs) Of course it is. But good luck leaving with just a drink. It's more than a drink. It's a Mickey D's drink. And right now, a small Minute Maid slushie is just $1.59. So all you have to do is choose a flavor, like the tropical mango or strawberry watermelon, and enjoy like it's meant to be enjoyed. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Everybody and welcome to another edition of Corner to Corner Wrestling Radio. It's live, well, kind of, on C2CRadioShow.com, NewAttitudeMedia.com. And the triple threat is complete. I'm Stan Grubb, joined by tag team partners Rob Hefner. They, uh, they, can't, they can't see you, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> They can't see me. No. <laughs> go on, go on, get them, Cena. Oh. Uh, we've already done that. We've already been through that a few times. And of course, as you hear, Brian Taylor on the mend. <laughs> What's going on, peoples? <laughs> and we should introduce officially Rob's middle finger and make him the it's the, the fourth partner. <laughs> yeah. Wendy Stevens Jr. has arrived. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, geez. It's a good thing that uh, our cohorts, Diego and DeVore, aren't listening. Otherwise, they'd be going through the roof. <laughs> Wendy Stevens, what the? <clears throat> Hope everybody's had a great week. It's not like anything has happened at all in the wrestling world, much less news. But we're going to keep it focused to wrestling because that's what we do best. So let's talk about it. Adam Pierce, guys. You know him as a former NWA World Heavyweight Champion. He is challenging Roman Reigns at, at the Royal Rumble. Um, now, I'm, I'm, no, I'm no expert. I get it. Uh, it's been six years since Adam Pierce was actually active in the ring. But, uh, hey, apparently that's the going thing. If you are able to be 
on camera, you, sir, can compete for the Universal Championship? Um, I don't really want to misquote Red Fox, but I'm coming to see you, Ethel. <laughs> it's the big one. I'm coming. I'm coming. I don't even know if the name's right, but I, I, I'm coming. I'm coming to see you. <laughs> Who? Now it's Louise. <laughs> it was Ethel, Louise, Elizabeth coming to see. I don't know who it was, but damn it, we're going. We're headed that way. Elizabeth. I, yeah. And I just I, so for all the talk that we're gonna change things up and make it better, not only do we get Adam Pierce, but we get Goldberg. Oh, don't get me started on Monday. I was ready to quit. I was ready to burn it all down. Monday night after that <laughs> horrible, horrible Monday night roll. I was ready to burn my apartment to the floor. Oh, I was disgusted. But that's why I started with Pierce. I figured we'd ease our way into. Okay. I think it's an example of when you have the book or you're near the book, just like they did in the 80s, you know. Apparently, he's like somebody likes him or something. It's stupid. It has no set thing. It just proves the fact that they're they're doing everything they can for Roman Reigns to keep his title until WrestleMania. Right. Uh, to me, it just it shows the cluelessness and the lack of confidence you have in your main rosters. Or in to Roman, that. to be honest with you. Well, I mean, he. I mean, don't get me wrong. Uh, Adam is qualified, right? Definitely. So I'm not going to take anything away from him, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, wouldn't he have been better served to face Drew and Goldberg better served to face Roman since that didn't happen last year? I mean, it's, it's the craziest part of it is this. And, and just like you said, it's not that Adam Pierce isn't worthy of getting in the ring with the champion. Again, former NWA world champion on multiple occasions. The guy has proved his salt in the ring. But it's been six years. And, I mean, hey, we have always gone at wrestling from the perspective of this is what a fan sees. This is what a fan hears. And everything that we've been told from, from the ground up has been USA Network, and I guess Fox, wants to see a different product, wants to see something more adult, more edgy, so we get, you know, stuff like the head of the table over on Fox. We get a more, I guess, horror show kind of thing with Bray Wyatt. But what we get after that is Adam Pierce in a gauntlet match that, hey, Shinsuke Nakamura looked great in. And we should not take anything away from that. Um, he got clean pinfalls over Daniel Bryan and over um, Rey Mysterio and Baron Corbin. I mean, he, he ran the gauntlet. And seemingly, this turned Shinsuke back to a good guy, which is probably where he should have been in the first place. Um, and maybe, of, of course, here we are. We're certainly not right at the Royal Rumble's door. So maybe there's something more to unfold here. But on the surface, gosh, this just looks like crap. Um, how did the crowd react to Pierce? So, so to Pierce, I mean, it, 
from what I could see, and then of course you know how the Thunderdome is. You're the audio is piped in, so there's either booze or cheers, depending on what you know the backstage folks want. But from the visual, most people were just like, "Boo, I don't get it." Hands up in the air, you know, kind of a state of disbelief, and like, I don't, I don't understand what I'm seeing. And I'm sure, because Tom Phillips is so good at it, probably screaming, okay, well, I need you to boo as loud as you can. And people are probably like, why? Who, who is this guy? What, what's mm-hmm. going on? So, I mean, it was, it was one of those things where I honestly am not sure what, what was going on and how they managed to figure this was a good idea. Because you can see, you can see like Vince in the back going, ha, ah, this is what we're going to do. Trying to rekindle, you know, Austin McMahon, I think. I don't know. It's, it's, but it ain't working. That's for damn sure. No, I, I mean, when was he uh, champion? Pierce? Yeah. Uh, so let's see. 21, 2015 would have been when he and uh, Colt Cabana. Went toe-to-toe for the NWA World Championship in Australia. So you're talking five to six years ago. Yep. Um, for a title that five or six years ago had all but been forgotten. Mm-hmm. And now he gets no NXT buildup. Right. He gets no Raw, no SmackDown. He's just the guy in the back. Mm-hmm. And... God, what wishes really do come true in the WWE because uh, maybe Roman can face a janitor or something come <laughs> WrestleMania. Here's, uh, here's Bob. He's uh, from accounting, but he's your next challenger. <laughs> Bob. Coming down the aisle, it's Bob. <laughs> uh, but you know what? SmackDown wasn't necessarily a complete cesspool. It wasn't the worst show of the week. Uh, we had a great tag team championship matchup between Dolph Ziggler, Robert Roode, and the Street Profits. By the way, Ziggler and Roode calling themselves the Dirty Dogs. Dressed like the Heart Foundation. Yeah, I did notice that. I, okay, so, that. I'm, so I'm not the only person that thought that was, that was kind of how they were trying to look. Okay. Well, then Robert Roode put on his Instagram page a side-by-side comparison of the two. So. Ah, well, hey. You know what? If it gets rude and Ziggler in a program that keeps them on TV in an entertaining way, I'm okay with that. Um, they were they already dropped the ball on Rude multiple times, and Ziggler. I mean, come on, it, it, that's a conversation we beat to death. But if it has them on TV as tag champs, I'm okay with that. The Street Profits Profits had a hell of a run, um, and for them to feud with them, I, I don't have a problem with that. Well, I mean, I, I like the fact that they're actually putting the belt on people and, like, they've teamed them together mm-hmm. a while back but never really gave it creed or anything. Right. You know, they kind of put them together, then put them there, started up the chain, and then nothing. So, at least it's different. And right. there's two stars that, yes, they're two bona fide. They're bona fide main eventers in their own right. But hey, at least if they're not going to get that push, they can get a push like this and at least be on the show instead of, hey, there you are in the background. You know what I mean? Right, right. Wow, that's a headline. Sorry. (laughs) The Sean Waltman one. 
have no desire, I have no desire for myself. a solo Hall of Fame induction. No problem. Yeah, it's not going to get it anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, look, let me go it. on the record right now to say that I would not. I I don't want to be in the WWE Hall of Fame. Yeah, I mean, but hey, I, I I think yeah. personally though, Rob, I could probably get you in there with your merits over top of Waldman in a solo run by himself. <laughs> so you're saying the one, two, three kid <laughs> is not Hall of Fame worthy? No. Because, I mean, no. literally, that's all you, you get to base it on, right? If right. he's talking as a solo competitor, right, it's the one, two, three kid. And what did he – well, no, no, no. Yeah, but X-Pac was DX. X-Pac, oh. You see yeah. what I'm saying? He was oh. DX. He's talking like me solo. <laughs> so what did the one, two, three kid ever do? Anybody? Ladder match diaper wear. <laughs> All right. He did wear diapers. Um, he did beat Razor Ramon on Monday Night Raw. Uh, but he just so one- joined, he joins the list of people that one won't be in without other people. I mean, you look at other groups that they put in. Um, he could go with Marty Jannetty. <laughs> I mean, but because you think about it, the only way Marty Jannetty's going in is if they go back and put the Rockers in. Yes. And then that would mean Shawn Michaels has three rings. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's sad to say, but it's true. I mean, he only got in because he's associated with the cool kids. Right. He was sitting at the right lunch table. <laughs> Too bad the rest of us weren't, you know? Mm-hmm. Hey, I got a, I got a ring because of who my friends are. So, so here's the uh, <laughs> <laughs> here's the interview. Um, so, oh, you know, oh don't read it. Please don't read it because I, I, I got caught up in the headline. Y'all were having a great discussion on about <laughs> SmackDown and the tag team. Tag team yeah, champion. basically. But the whole time, I'm like, where does this guy think he's going to get into the Hall of Fame on his solo merits? Yeah, basically, basically, he says he's not going to. Uh, um, jeez. <laughs> basically, he says he's not going to go in there because he's already been signing eight by tens. Um, you know, as a two-time Hall of Famer with. Uh, <laughs> And see, that's what's sad. NWO and DX. He should have to have an asterisk beside his thing in the Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. He should have to have an asterisk beside it. It should say, two-time Hall of Famer by happenstance. Right. Like, it's only because he happened to be in two of the cool crews. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's stupid. I mean... Well, let me ask y'all this. But Hall of Fame's a Hall of Fame. Well... So why do you take anything away from Coco? <laughs> huh? The Birdman. Oh no! I've said it from the beginning. Coco right. shouldn't be in there based on what his thing was at the time. So, where, he went, where he went in the pecking order, he shouldn't have gotten in. You yeah. all were like, "Oh, he should be in. He's Coco. He's beautiful." I no 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 no. <laughs> Don't do that. No, 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 no. No, because no, no, you no. all been trying for years. You turned it on me going, 
we go should vote. We should buy Coco to signing. We should buy Coco to sign. No. You Did you get your it. cameo call from Coco, by the way? So let me ask you I all this. I didn't accept it. Don't waste your money. <laughs> let me ask you all this, because y'all's memory might be better than mine, right? Explain to me, because I totally forgot he got in with the NWO. <laughs> How does he get in with the NWO when his run with the NWO was so short? It's barely a cup of coffee. I mean, he he had the cruiserweight title. He feuded with Jericho and Eddie Guerrero. And then the next thing you know, he's fired because <laughs> and you could ask Bischoff. He's he's been on pub, on camera about it and in public about it. There was just no place for him. They didn't have anything for him to do. They couldn't punish Scott Hall. They couldn't punish punish Kevin Nash, but they needed a way to keep everybody in line. So that's what they did. Yeah, but I mean, I, literally, he was there for a drop of the bucket compared to the rest. Exactly. Yeah. Is it acceptable to go to Mickey D's just for a drink? <laughs> of course it is. But good luck leaving with just a drink. It's more than a drink. It's a Mickey D's drink. And right now, a small Minute Maid slushie is just one fifty-nine. So all you have to do is choose a flavor, like the tropical mango or strawberry watermelon, and enjoy like it's meant to be enjoyed. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You can't get much for five bucks these days. Unless you go to Wendy's for a $5 biggie bag. Get your choice of double stack, junior bacon cheeseburger, or crispy chicken BLT. Plus four-piece nugs, fries, and a drink. All for just five bucks. That was smooth, wasn't it? That's how you're going to feel when you get that biggie bag at Wendy's. U.S. price participation may vary. Includes four-piece nuggets, small soft drink, and small fry. Prices may be higher in Alaska and Hawaii. I mean, wasn't Virgil an NWO member longer than him? Uh, yes. Wasn't Virgil? Wasn't Buff Bagwell longer? Not Buff. He's the stuff. And the girls okay, he, can't get enough. <laughs> you he would be in. So stupid. He, but he's got the cred. You know what I mean? <laughs> now his social activities will keep him out, but. <laughs> What, you mean his stripper job or his uh, jiggling job? <laughs> hey. I mean, it's just, and let me say, like, as I said before about Coco, like, does he deserve to get in the Hall of Fame? Sure. But when he got in, where he's at? No. Based on the credit he's on, based on who ha- wasn't in at the time. Well, I mean, look at the credentials. Uh, we were talking about tag team wrestling for SmackDown. We'll, we'll transition back towards that here. But, you know, one, two, three kid beat Ramon on Monday Night Raw, lost a diaper match, won the tag titles with Marty Jannetty one time, and had a great standout match against Bret Hart, joined the Million Dollar Corporation, and that's really it as far as the one, two, three kids run in WWF. That, that was, that's what he did. So you got so many people. I mean, Christ, you could put, you could put Iron Mike Sharp in the Hall of Fame for his contributions as an enhancement talent. And I, it, this is not a slight to Sean Waltman because he's an excellent performer, but you can't put the one through three kid in before you put like a Barry Horowitz or Iron Mike Sharp. Uh, Think about the magnitude was, of when Horowitz beat uh, Chris Candido. 
Who was the Brooklyn Brawler? He needs to get in before he Steve does. Lombardi. Absolutely. I agree with you because the Brooklyn Brawler was responsible for making so many talented people stars. The Rock. Danny Davis. Da- Dangerous Danny Davis. Agreed. But those are, those are guys that those come out of the rock and wrestling era, especially Danny Davis, because he was there for the cartoon. He was on the cartoon, uh, but he was there for every major WrestleMania moment all the way through WrestleMania six. Is Brutus Beefcake in it yet? I thought that would be in one of Hulk Hogan's contracts coming back to WWE Legends or something. Be like, no, as, an, as a matter of fact, Hogan and Beefcake aren't friends anymore. Because I know he was signing Hogan's name, wasn't he? Exactly. Or there was some conundry or what is it? Conundrum so or... the going rumor, and, and again, it's just speculation, but the going rumor was that Beefcake was doing signings on pictures. Beefcake. And signing Hogan's name in addition to his for the Mega Maniacs. I think that was what they were called. So he was making money off of that. And then Hogan finds out because Hogan wanted him to come do a signing with him at his beach shop. Hogan gets word of it, cancels the signing. Beefcake publicly claims that Beefcake. Hogan is a boy. <laughs> Stop it. Spend my daughter. <laughs> Beefcake claims publicly that Hogan is avoiding him and per- <laughs> purposely not allowing him to make money. And then Hogan no exposes kidding, him by my saying, cheesy poots. Not, not doing it. Not doing it. <laughs> well, that's how that rolls. <laughs> Kyle's mom is a big fat. <laughs> Good well, year, guys. I'm going home. Don't do it, Cartman. I'm <laughs> I still, I, I still remember the day that I showed Katrina Mr. Hanky. <laughs> <laughs> That's. Do you remember when that first came out? Yes. Back and forth, you're like, okay, you got to, you got to watch this South Park. <laughs> And you're like, just wait until you see. And I'll never forget, you came over and you're like, you got to see Mr. Hanky. And I'm like, what? Because I didn't watch South Park. I'm like, whatever, man. I'm not watching South Park. He's like, no, you've got to watch Mr. Hanky. So sure as shit, uh, Comedy Central one night, it just happens to be on and there it is. And I'm like, what the hell am I watching? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, there's the best. The best was years ago, years later, when I would call my parents and I was like, hey, and I was talking to them and my mom looks and says, um, can we call you tomorrow? We're trying to watch South Park. Jeez. Now I feel old. <laughs> I mean, Mr. Hanky is just one of those comic gold moments, you know, like in Ace Ventura at the end where he turns uh, uh, what's her name around and there's Captain Winky. You know, <laughs> Mr. Hanky, Captain Winky, there, there are certain things yeah, I can watch a hundred times and I'm going to laugh like a little, little hey, schoolboy. <laughs> only, only on quarter to the corner, ladies and gentlemen, will we start with a strong <laughs> open talking about SmackDown, Adam, Adam Pierce and the, the Dirty Dogs Hold and up. transition all the way to Mr. Hanky, the freaking Christmas poo. Seriously? Hey, it was strong. It was a strong open from SmackDown. <laughs> Better than that abysmal shit show they called Raw. <laughs> Mr. Hanky, the Christmas poo was there. Yeah, he visited, he visited Monday Night Raw. That he did. He should get in the Hall of Fame before 
Oh, Sean Walkman. Oh. Mr. Hanky. Mr. Hanky. Was he ever on what? WWE? <laughs> <laughs> wasn't Comet, wasn't like, was it Triumph the Comet? Yes. Insult he was all the or something? Stupid yeah. guest host. Triumph the Hall of Fame. Triumph the Comic Dog. <laughs> Enshrined by me to poop on. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Conan O'Brien. <laughs> oh man! Wow. So All these right. Zoom, these Zoom sessions we're doing to get a better feel for doing a show, making sure I, I do. I will say this: I think that we are seeing each other's facial expressions when some of this gets said. Does help. Um, and folks, for you listening, you know, to the recording here, you're going to notice that the timing of what we say and do is, is certainly much more organic because I can tell that if there's something I say about Coco, I could see Rob wince and visibly get shaken. <laughs> <laughs> but in all seriousness, we are working. I don't to care about Coco. I don't <laughs> lie. Ooh, it says this Ooh, meeting. It says meeting. All right. So, for the record, because uh, of shoddy workmanship, I think I'm going to join the A show. I'll catch you later on the Dave and Diego show. Oh, you you know what? <laughs> that's that bull crap right there. Hey, that's the plug. You plug your friends. Hey, I mean, I've been hey. plugging you for years. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Diego and Divorce Show are indeed tonight talking to the legendary, the living legend, Larry Zabisco. They got a one-way ticket to Larry Land, and they're about to get all kinds of in his business by asking him a lot of good questions. I heard there's even some cool questions from this guy named Stan Grubb. That's all I know. Oh, my God. Like what? Uh, excuse me, Mr. Zabisco, but... Earth-shattering questions. How like, tall are you? Can you send me a figure? How many fish can you name in 60 seconds? Yeah, that's right. That's what I asked him. That doesn't shock me. I'm shocked <laughs> that you even would you would even like can bring you send up me questions. a t-shirt? Well, I mean, you know, they asked and it was like, oh, what is it? Radio silence? I'm like, well, let me think of a question real quick. Yeah, right. We've seen Y'all you around. We've seen you around people. We know how it normally turns out. Uh, hey, Stan, this is uh, Lodi. Uh, who? I can't, I can't, I can't talk to him. Uh, like, who? Stan, this is Shawn Michaels. Uh, you just look at your fingers. Truth is, you know he didn't really leave early. Stan just didn't want to go meet him. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's what really happened. I had stage fright. I had to hide in the car. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> Mr. Michaels, uh, are you a really big fan? Hello. Away, yeah, we did you bother me? We'll have to admit you have overcome that little uh, bit of insecurity. It took a lot of work, man. That is not easy. It did take a lot of work. It was funny, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so where were we? Let's get this train back on track. Uh, some bottle or something i don't know sure it was a bottle okay yes it was weird noise but all right weird yeah. noises see what the hell i don't know rob what are rob, you doing you <laughs> get away from the camera rob. 
Robin, Rob has assumed a certain position that only <laughs> 12-year-old boys would know right now. Rob, this is not your OnlyFans account. <laughs> uh, Rob sporting the You go uh, to my classic... Patreon account, you'll get more. <laughs> Rob sporting the classic Washington football team uh, hat there. Was a, uh, you know what? I felt like it was a solid performance they had last night. Um, Tyler Taylor Heineke had a really good performance, a lot of poise, and uh, you got One a future starter touch there. To Heineke. <laughs> so, so of course, I'm I'm uh, you know listening to the radio yesterday. I had to run a couple errands, and uh, you know I have the local talk sports talk radio station on, and. Everybody that calls in, that Heineken guy, he's the best. I can't wait to see what he does for Washington. I'm like, good Lord, man. It's Heineke. I know it's an odd name, but it's not Heineken. That's beer. Well, yeah, so, go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, I want to hear your opinion on uh, O'Taylor. Well, I mean, you look at it like this. He, it was his second career start in the playoffs against Tom Brady. He did good. He did admiral. Do I think we need to clean the deck and get rid of everybody and keep him? No. I think we keep him along with everybody and let him develop into a great player. I like the fact that he stayed in it, even though he was hurt. Um, and if you look at it, he's XFL. So he it's, it's just right we talk about him since he has wrestling cred in his background. Brian? Rob picked it out. So I'm kind of torn. I, I I don't know if I want to label him the quarterback of the future or if I want to see more of a body of work. That's why I think if they just, like, they keep Alex Smith and then they can bring in, you know, have Heineke and then let him kind of develop. I mean, mm. I mean, heck, when he went down in the fourth quarter, the person who they were going to put in has never played in the game ever. And you could see mm. a look on that kid's face was like, oh, my God. <laughs> he did have, like, that deer in headlights look. Every time the camera went to him, he's like, uh, yeah. okay, he snap the ball. Alex Smith going, you want to wear my helmet, man? Yeah. <laughs> I, do, I do think they should offer him a contract, and they should yeah. do it within the next few days. I like what I saw in Heineke in the one game. And the other, the half, the other game that he could play, the, the plays, the two games he played in, I liked what I saw more than what I saw in that Allen kid that Revere is all about. Um, so, Rivera. But we'll see. I'm just sad that it could possibly be Ryan Kerrigan's last game in D.C. Yeah. Finally Jeez. got a jersey last year, and now he's going to be gone. Oh, that's the kiss of death. I, was say, I learned that the goes, hard man. way. I learned I learned that the hard way. I'm like, I'm gonna I get a Cam it. Newton jersey. What happens? The Panthers tank in the Super Bowl. Thanks. Uh, Clinton Portis. Uh, yep. He's gone. Uh, I think the longest the longest jersey I got that I that the player stayed on the team was Santana Moss. Because I think even Chris Cooley I only had for maybe two years. Well, yeah, Before he's like, oh, I'm retired. <laughs> I got Cooley and he was gone. Now, I will say that I did bite and get an RG3 jersey, but I got it when it was on clearance at Dick's for 10 bucks. <laughs> yeah. And I said, hey, 
if he plays three games, it's paid its money. <laughs> he started four games that season. Catching. <laughs> <laughs> if you're really careful with it and you use an iron at the right setting, you can pull his name off and just have a blank jersey. <laughs> I have a personalized one from years ago, but. Does that mean you get to retire? I never got into that. Um, the long, the one I had for the longest was Art Monk. I finally broke down uh, before he left Washington and bought one. And back then it was, I think, 125. So these were the official, like NFL worn type jerseys. I finally did it, and God, now the the cheap replicas are 125. Yeah, like I was going to, before Kerrigan came, it was going to be, I'd been looking for a Charles Mann jersey. Mm-hmm. Like, I just thinking of a legend out there that, because everybody has Daryl Green, everybody has Theismann. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, Charles Mann. And I found a couple out there, but then Kerrigan came. So the other, the next one I would get current player would be Chase Young. Yeah. Based on yeah. how he's played. That'd be the one I'd get. But I mean, I'm kind of waiting until they get a name first. Did you guys see the just flawless spot on delivery of the V trigger from a red excuse me, from a Washington wide receiver to a member of uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks? Are you talking about the leap that went yes. nowhere? That was ridiculous. <laughs> So we're all playing Uno last night, me, Kian, and the kids, and we had the game on. And Kian and I just happened to look at the right moment, and we see this guy from Washington just in the air and then just delivers a V-trigger to the side of the guy's helmet. I was like, God damn! (laughs) They said, he might only be 5'9", but you got to jump higher than that. (laughs) Yeah, he was almost standing straight up, too, so that was kind of dumb to try and hurdle that one. Yeah. And then you had the second guy right behind them, so right. you weren't getting too far. Last guy that tried athletics like that that actually pulled it off that I can remember is uh, Daryl Green hurdling Minnesota Vikings during a playoff game. On a well, Troy Palomalu used to be great for the Steelers. Yeah, He timed that count right. Like, he'd be in the backfield, and then he'd just run and leap over the whole front line and get the quarterback before that, like, right as he said, hike, you know? Mm-hmm. So at this rate, all of our teams are out. None, none of our teams are in the hunt. Who do you guys got for the Super Bowl? Kind of like to see Drew Brees do it. Because mm. there's talk about it being his last year. Um, of course, there's those people out there who want to see Tom Brady do it just so he can prove that he doesn't need New England, but. And as far as I'm concerned, the NFL season is officially dead to me this year. (laughs) So any further NFL watching will be on Super Bowl Sunday for the commercials. Right, right. Um, So we'll we'll see. I I mean, who knows? You may not even get any commercials being what last year was. I tried to watch, uh, you know, the Titans and uh, the Ravens today. I just couldn't get into it. It wasn't exciting. You know, I mean, for them, it probably was. And for Ravens and Titans fans, it was. But 
I don't have a dog in the fight. I mean, my dad's a huge Washington fan. You guys are Washington fans. My team was bounced. So I was like, all right, I'll cheer for Washington. You know, I'm cool with that. Oh, that's where but, it is. Get them, Rob. Mean, once that was it, I was like, eh, on the right. bandwagon, did you? Yeah. Uh, you know you me. I love an underdog story. on the bandwagon and yep. put us over our weight limit. Yep. The one, the, the last. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Here the we extra go. ball guy that we, the extra ball guy we just didn't <laughs> need on the bandwagon. Ball. Really? <laughs> we were going well, and that's why we all got all wobbly. And then we one of, these days, one of these days, Brian, you're going to lose your hair. <laughs> Oh, yeah. no, this this shit is so luxurious <laughs> luxurious really the glorious locks to brian taylor you wait till i retire and i can grow it long uh, i can't wait till y'all join me in the beard club uh that's probably not gonna happen but <laughs> maybe some semblance of it <laughs> but not like yours gotta have it I've, tr- I've tried many times. Y'all have seen it. I've shaved my face, and I just don't look the same. I don't feel like myself. It's got to – I got to have it. You just got to trim it up because when it gets all weird, then you start looking like a hobo. I am a hobo. You just don't know. I mean, <laughs> like, people start handing you money because they're like, oh, give the kid money. <laughs> Kiana, Kiana's not my wife. She's my sponsor. She's just letting me stay in the guest room. You <laughs> see y'all out in public, and they're like, being kidnapped <laughs> are you safe at home shut up <laughs> get away they see her staring at the fish too long and they're like do you need us to call somebody <laughs> i love how rob is like moving into the camera right. when he's talking well i think i think for when we do eventually release these videos people are gonna people are gonna be like jesus this guy is a character <laughs> it's just so funny. Okay. <laughs> Did you hear the one? <laughs> All right, so let's go ahead and position ourselves right back into wrestling. We talked a little playoff football. Um, so that position, okay. I'm moved. I'm gone. So AEW, I do want to talk about them because Dynamite necessarily wasn't a great show or awful show. Okay, but I'm just like this it's what happened at the end that made it just. What is in your hand? This it's a like a pen. Oh, he's trying to look professional. It's not a cigarette. I I, I have not smoked in three years. Very good. Three damn days. <laughs> hey, that, that was not easy to quit. Y'all know my ex-wife. You know my situation. It is not easy. <laughs> Yeah, your timetable's off. <laughs> <laughs> Been a while, all right? Leave me alone. <laughs> I, but like I said, I do want to talk about AEW, but I, I wanted to get this out of the way because, it, honest to God, it really pissed me off. So last week, Brian, you remember we talked about – of course, we spent a lot of time talking about Brody Lee, but we also talked about – USA Network has basically put an ultimatum out there to WWE. We want hard-hitting, more adult, more edgy action. We want to see something different. So we joked and said, hey, it's Legends Night! Which is exactly the opposite of everything everybody said. It was the crappiest Legends Night ever. Yeah, uh, IRS at ringside for a WWE title match does not a major moment make. 
by the way. I mean, putting them all up on the riser up at the ramp, that doesn't count. Melina doesn't scream legend to me. Sorry. Jimmy Hart is a legend. The the saddest moment of the night was Mark Henry scooting away on that little scooter. (laughs) I'm like, come on. I mean, out of all the legends they had there that could have done that segment, you pick the one dude who's actually got a bona fide injury right now. <laughs> we all we all agree that Randy Orton is about as exciting as watching paint dry, right? Right. I'm sure we all would have loved to have at least seen him kick the scooter out for Mark Henry because at least it would have been something fun. Maybe somebody else. Okay. <laughs> yeah, maybe an older legend. Mark Henry. <laughs> I mean, because honestly, I didn't know Mark Henry was hurt, but at the same time, like having just Randy Orton behind him chastising him the whole way as he's trying to, and he's not even moving fast. He's just like, okay, I'm going. It's like this. You is think the, somebody as big as him have a bigger scooter? Or you know, would still think, well, I've got two hands, and then bitch slap Randy Orton out of his shoes. <laughs> Only takes one good backhand. Yeah, but it's Orton, though. You can't do that to, to the Viper, the legend killer. What is it that I don't see about this guy? Every legend and their freaking parents are like, Randy Orton's the best. He's so smooth in the ring. He's, he's, I don't get it. I don't see it. I don't hear it. I know, obviously, there's the nepotism of him and his relationship with his dad and Vince and all of that. But what is it that people are drawn to with this guy that make them think, God, he's so amazing. Because I just don't see it. I mean, I think in ring, he is probably pound for pound the best you have on the roster. Wow. Really? Right? Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, he doesn't He doesn't miss. He doesn't make mistakes. He makes it look believable. It's just the other part of the package that – um. I lost interest Good daddy back soda. when uh, he uh, had the cast. Remember? Yeah. And now when the he... subtle sponsorship. Thank you. Uh, we'd like Product to thank our sponsor, uh, CNC Sodas. CNC, C2C Sodas. <laughs> uh, anyway, so. I'm not going to say I... the company name, but I'll show their logo. Yeah, I'll show their logo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I haven't been into him since uh, what Evolution, when he was pulling yeah. that stupid Randy News um, Network. Well, not the, the 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 arm cast. Oh yeah, yeah. like his you dad. know what I'm saying? Yeah, but uh, I mean, I'm not going to take. I do think pound for pound, he is probably the best wrestler you have on the roster, right? But it's everything else. There, I just can't get behind. He's got the in-ring skills, but I agree with Brian. It's like he's got the pedigree. He's got the in-ring skills. It's just his personality and who he is personally that I just can't stand. Because he's an ego- he just comes across as an egotistical jerk. And, yeah, I mean, the reason he's so smooth as a character is because he hasn't changed his character in 20 years. Yeah. He's the same dude. Like, he may call himself the legend killer or the viper or whatever, but it's the <laughs> same dude. I like the disdain you say that with the viper. <laughs> the general yeah, may, French disgust. <laughs> you know, I think Rob's probably got a point. It's his character 
is like has not literally changed and there's nothing exciting about it. Right. You know, it'd be one thing if he was like the undertaker and there was some excitement behind it every time he showed up, but mm-hmm. this guy's like watching paint dry sometimes. So, you know, Monday night we see Mickey James backstage who, by the way, Mickey James, apparently completely healthy, cleared by doctors, totally unutilized right now. You mean to tell me that the women's division on Raw couldn't stand to have a little bit of a boost by having somebody like Mickey James involved? No, because Mickey's not going to be the brunt of the jokes because of who her husband is. Mickey's a lot bigger name than, say, like Lana, who is going to go through tables and just get misused. Mm -hmm. Mickey will be like, no, I'm out. Yeah, should we bring up Lana? How many weeks did she get thrown through a table for Nia Jackson? Didn't even get the payoff. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that was a horrible mistake on their part. You know, just more echoing issues that happened with Raw, and we've had. You know, you've had the problem that I find, and this is what really drives me nuts. You'll get moments like with Keith Lee against Drew McIntyre, which was a great match, honestly, awesome match, really good. Um, and Keith Lee is phenomenal. But the first thing they did with Keith Lee when he gets to the main roster is because they couldn't figure out how to, I guess, license his music, they take away his entrance. That was a big part of what made Keith Lee huge. Now, I get it. it, Sometimes you just got to change it. But this wasn't that time. This is not the time you just start dicking around with somebody's character. Get into it with Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle, since getting to Raw, has improved and actually made his matches even better. Look at his matchup with Sheamus. Look at his matchup that he had with uh, Bobby like Lashley him. this past week. Just a lot better than he was even in NXT. But they take his first name away? What the hell for? Like, where does that come from? Uh, nobody's going to understand that he's Matt Riddle. We'll just call him Riddle. What? Like, what the hell? Well, I, I think the other bad thing is, too, I think – there is a lot more like wrestlers going to Vince and saying this is a mistake mm-hmm. because either they don't want to lose their spot right. or, um, you know, whatever. They're starting to derail some of these people. Uh, Damian Priest, right? Yeah. Was supposed to debut. Not Kevin Owens. Uh, no, that doesn't make no sense. Uh, Roman Reigns, mm, no, I can't work with him, whatever he says. So this guy is now in limbo, right? And will probably get sent back down to NXT. You know, who's to say because when Keith Lee, he didn't start grabbing a little bit of attention that somebody was like, uh, this guy's not ready, Vince. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, I think that's always been an issue with any wrestling promotion forever, like in a day. You know, when you have the people that are in the spots and then you get somebody coming up, some young and young up and comer and you have two different people. You have the ones that are like, hey, here's the way. Come on in. Let me show you how to do it. Let me show you what to do. And then there's the ones like, oh, shit, they can take my spot. And I don't want. So they they sabotage people before they even get the chance to start. You know, you, you see it in every line of work, you know, I mean. It's like, you know, hey, I'll be your best friend and I'll help you out until you start outshining me and then you're done. Right, right. You know, it's kind of the old 
old old fable of the 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 horseman you know the fourth horseman they always brought him in but then once he outshone once they started outshining and taking the shine away from flair they dumped him Mm -hmm. who knew the wrestling business is exactly like the four horsemen (laughs) jesus no wonder no wonder it's always the big two not the big three or four (laughs) we bring you in until you start outshining and we dump you do you think they have a conference call uh impact is getting too big all right, this send them Hogan. We'll take, we got it covered. <laughs> send them Bischoff. We'll fix them. <laughs> you know, speaking of impact, uh, Tuesday show wasn't that terrible. No, and and we've been we've been saying this for a few weeks. Impact, this entire pandemic, Impact has stayed the same. They said, you know, fine, we're not going to have a crew. We're, I mean, an audience. We're not going to have a crowd. We're just going to film the matches. We're going to call the action that happens. We'll do our skits. We'll do our segments in a protected environment. And damn if it isn't entertaining TV. You can't find it anywhere <laughs> except, you know, the week after. But when you're able to catch it, it's really good. And the wrestling uh, is solid. Watch it on Twitch. That's what I do. But you, but going back to what you said, you know, you got to believe that some of these wrestling companies like, you know, AEW, WWE, you know, would get would give these guys certain contracts. Yeah, WCW did it, or WWE did it, and then WCW was like, "Oh no, we have to have them." So then they gave him a double contract, right? And then WC, WWE was sitting back going, <laughs> "You got somebody ain't gonna do shit." <laughs> well, look at look at New Japan right now. So Jay White has been a huge star in New Japan and done extremely well, supposedly. And I still contend that this is a storyline. Jay White says he's done. He says he's done. He's a free agent. And now, of course, as soon as that happens, Brian, what was it? Maybe 24 hours? WWE, super interested in Jay White. Yeah. Ain't going to happen. Well, supposedly, I think in 2018, mm-hmm. he signed a six- or seven-year deal with New Japan. Now, that's not to say that New Japan isn't on board with AEW and Impact. Right. And this is going to be their way into – um, you know, this cross promotion thing. Um, but supposedly Jay is still under contract. Yeah. I mean, it's rumble time. So, Hey, who's the big guy from new Japan? Let's start a rumor. He's headed to the rumble. I mean, for years it was Omega or Okada or both or the boss. Omega is going to be in this year's rumble. Right. Yeah, exactly. Well, there you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah. But you say that this will be the year. Wouldn't we lose our shit? Wouldn't we lose our shit if that happened? If Kenny freaking Omega comes out with the AEW strap on his shoulder and the impact, yeah, and we were like, uh, uh, okay. First off, that'd be the smartest thing WWE could do would be to call Tony Khan right now and say, you know what, you guys are right. Let's do what you're doing. They won't, but it would be cool. (laughs) You know, getting back to Jay. Yeah, I think Jay would have to be a complete and utter fool to take a contract from the WWE. I agree. Unless, I agree. They, they... unless you're going to bring Cole, Balor, AJ together, and Jay White on the main roster Ooh. as the biggest stable you have. Good God. Forget it. 
you want to counter program, seriously, if you want to counter program what AEW is doing right now, that's what you do. Yeah, but you, it's not about counter programming AEW. You have to pull your main show yeah, out yeah. of the abyss. And though I think those four could pull it off, but you know, I, I still think they'd screw it up eventually. Yeah, I mean, it's not like you, it's like you said, it's not about what can they do to go toe in toe with anybody. Right now, they just have to figure out what's going to work for them and be consistent week after week. You know, we had the same talk about all the other wrestling programs. You know, it's just the fly by night booking that's going on is just it is what it is i mean yeah but they eventually have to figure out that wait a minute we have to plan more than a week in advance because who should be against roman reigns at royal rumble kevin owens that's who should be with you know in a steel cage without with uso up in the little thing you know or they have a match at rumble with kevin owens Kevin Owens wins by beat by DQ. Then they have their payoff match at Romania. You know, oh my God, let's not take, let's take a storyline more than a month. Well, and I never used to understand this, the phrase 50, 50 booking. I was like, what the hell is that? And then literally that's what we've seen. Hey, you win this week, next week I win and nobody loses anything. We're all happy. Here's the problem. If everybody's happy, then nobody's making money. Because if you never make Roman look like a true dastardly villain where he's always winning, outside of title matches, I'm talking about all the time, then you don't believe that he's really that big of a deal. If you never give Kevin Owens or Jey Uso or anybody you put in that position a win streak, a real win streak, then nobody believes you're a credible threat. You can only do that, oh, my God, moment, but so many times before finally somebody calls bullshit and throws a flag saying, that, yeah, that's not working. That's not happening. Well, I mean, again, that's something I've said about Roman for some time. Yeah. Roman doesn't lose. Right. And the problem is he needs to lose to become a believable champion. Mm-hmm. You have to – you have to tell the fans that this guy can lose when he should lose. I mean, geez, oh, flip, everybody did it. Mm -hmm. With the exception of probably Hogan. But even Hogan would take losses from time to time. Especially in his WCW run. Oh, yeah, most F. But you've built Roman up to be unstoppable. Mm Mm-hmm. And now you're going to pay for it because you have nobody on the roster, nobody that can go against him and is believable. We got two minutes left in our two minutes left in our first hour here, and then I want to transition over to what AEW and Impact are doing because I really feel like these guys have something. They got lightning in a bottle. But Royal Rumble's coming up. It's time to set up your main feud for Rumble. Excuse me, for Mania. Is it Roman and Kevin Owens or Daniel Bryan? Or is it Drew McIntyre and The Fiend? I'd like to see yeah, but Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns. Or Drew McIntyre and Keith Lee. Ooh. I think I like Keith Lee better. The problem with The Fiend is you killed him. You legit caught him on Literally fire. burned him. 
<laughs> You'll yes. set him on and fire. And why would he come back and go after Drew McIntyre? Well, yeah. and he, here's the thing. For me, it's... You got to kill Randy first. Right. It would Inferno match at Mania. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. You'll get a, you'll yeah. get one of these cinematic matches probably at Mania. And if it's got Orton in it, it's going to suck balls. Yeah, but it could have Alexa in it, so... <laughs> I do like what they're doing. I do like the angle where they've got her Dang. on the playground and she's like, he built this for me. You know, here's what really pissed me off right right from jump. Randy Orton comes what? out there and says, I showed mercy to Alexa Bliss. You fucking what? <laughs> I'll bleep that later. But you what? You just wanted to take months and make everybody think you're the most evil son of a bitch in the planet but you showed mercy after you had to set someone on fire to win a matchup but you're merciful now are we in the middle of gladiator or something what the hell just happened with randy horton i showed mercy okay all right randy yay we've done yeah, right? it we've pulled off an hour of wwe Boo! Okay. <laughs> I'm hey, still here. You know I'm still here. <laughs> Brian said it best when I said I was pissed and I thought about shutting everything down. He's like, why would you let them dictate to you what you're going to do? And the reality is this. I want to see all companies do well. We all do. I, I think we, do, we truly, because it means the business does well. So to see a company that, and Rob, I'm sure you could echo this, that literally our childhoods were built off of just tank it week in and week out and phone it in and, and just not give a shit is just why, what are you guys trying to pull? Because you're lying to your fans, kids or no kids, your 10 year old kids are sooner or later going to get to 13 and they may, yeah, that's crap. So now your shelf life of your audience is decreased. Maybe Vince is doing it so he can get the number one draft pick in the XFL draft <laughs> when he comes back next year. It's uh, it's was it Taylor Lawrence or Trevor Lawrence, <laughs> number one draft pick for the XFL? You see him in the boardroom. Ah, <laughs> oh, we're just gonna keep taking this because I'm getting the number one pick in the draft, the XFL draft next year. Rock see the board. You see the board? They're like, uh. Vince, uh, you gonna tell him? No, I'm not gonna tell him. Are you gonna tell him? <laughs> Vince, you don't You're own it. Anymore. That his employee bought his company. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Vince, you don't own it. Um, it went the way of the WBF. <laughs> don't say that. Oh, <laughs> where's the narcissist? <laughs> where's Luger? Poor Lex. Never thought it so? Lex Express. <laughs> you know, real quick, because I, th- I, I think. I think, you know, we'll have plenty of time for AEW. But today I'm I'm watching videos on Facebook. And one of them pops up where, if I remember right, this is when Vince unmasks or unveils himself as the leader of um, the ministry, whatever it was. Y'all remember that? Hello? No. Did I get posed? You don't remember that? No. The ministry? When Vince I remember the ministry. It was me, Austin. Yeah. And then you hear JR go, ah, son of a bitch. Yeah. And then Linda comes out and she says, well, you know what, Vince? 
Uh, I'm no longer C- CEO. Somebody else is. And you all know it's coming, but it's Austin. And I'm like, where is this writing at? Like, and you couldn't see the writing on the wall that it was Austin. Right. But when it hits, when the music hits, you know, you fall for it. it but it's like, this is the same company that used to write this stuff. Right. Where is that company at? It doesn't even have to get to, like, we don't have to have Trish Stratus in a bra and panties match. We might like it, but it doesn't have to be that extreme. It doesn't have to be a bloodbath every week. But, dude, I mean, look at what you're doing to Drew McIntyre right now. This guy, this man, has carried your company through a pandemic. And instead of giving him credible opponents each and every time, You've got him positioned right now as he's got a non-title matchup tomorrow night with, with Randy Orton. And he's probably being positioned right now for a feud with Sheamus. No disrespect to Sheamus. But what the hell are you thinking? So many superstars that are there ready for that main shot. And I don't know if any if any of you guys watch Raw Talk at all, but Mustafa Ali was there. And there's a guy that was furious to see legends out there taking television time away from young and hungry talent. And, you know, maybe part of it's storyline, part of it's not. But the reality is he's right. You have so many young and hungry guys on this roster that are not only are they talented, but they're ready and willing to take a spot and to take that shot. Instead, you've got the same people positioned in the same places. And we're supposed to believe that at like the Royal Rumble, anything can happen. I love the Royal Rumble. So it's heartbreaking for me to look at one of my favorite events ever to think, eh, ain't going to happen. You know, to look at WrestleMania, to think of all the cool moments, WrestleMania-wise, Hogan and the Warrior, Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart, Bret against Steve Austin, Steve Austin against Shawn Michaels, The Undertaker's Streak, all of these major things. And what are we looking towards right now? Goldberg possibly against Ron Strowman. Right. Like who gives a crap about that? It's the rematch from last year's highly touted Uh, WrestleMania. I will say last, last year's WrestleMania, in spite of a horrible pandemic was actually pretty good. I'll give you that. What? WrestleMania 36 was pretty good. You, did you have COVID while you watched it or something? That was <laughs> I mean, pure garbage. For I mean, it's possible. I, I I don't think I had it. It had good was, spots, but I mean. It had a lot of good moments, I thought. But it, it, it's the same thing. I think, to me, they they had banked on. They were banking on their television product being what it was by also banking on the revenue of the live shows and getting the the merch and the the merch sales and that kind of stuff like yeah that's what they were banking on and i think when the pandemic hit they just they haven't figured it it's just exposed them worse Mm -hmm. because as they have stayed the course and done the same thing they've done for years that we're all like for years we'd never had something to compare it to 
right. you know, on a certain level um, that you could find every week, you know, I mean, besides the one that was on, you know, PBS and then it was on, you know, the inspirational channel and then it was on something, I mean, um, and they just haven't. It's just shown their weakness, and the problem is they haven't they haven't seen the same weakness that everybody else has seen. Right. And I mean, one of their answers is okay. Instead of focusing on good, solid pay per views, let's do more pay per views. You know, and um, that's the thing. Like storylines and stuff, they have a chance to to dive into them and they're not it's just you know there's so much missed opportunity there and what's I know your background now that is uh, a wrestling background i'm like all right i like space and all but i gotta gotta get a wrestling ring in there somehow well your head's too fat we can't see who's in the ring you can't see past it see you're not in the hall of fame i am i mean you're just better than coco what can i say Better than Shaw Watman. <laughs> Come on, Frankie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So again, we we beat the beat the piss out of WWE for the first time. No, so let's head not back. yet. Uh oh. I mean, I still got. I could get the, 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 the broom out and beat him some more if you like. But the broom, the broom. Yeah, I could whack gonna... the shit out of the WWE. A we should bit just more. record Brian's comments and just play it. I play it every week. He'd be like, "Go to the videotape." f this company wait that's not the clip (laughs) no but honestly i i didn't i wanted to make sure we're we're putting as much even time to to AEW and wwe as we can so as we're in our second hour i really wanted to focus on what aew is doing not just with impact and apparently brian might be on to something because they might have something headed with uh new japan here soon but New Year's Smash was New Year's Smash, wasn't it? Is that what they called it? Mm, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Night Year's, one. Night one of New Year's Smash had, I mean, it had some moments. It wasn't awful, but like I said, it wasn't great either, in my opinion. But one of the things they did super well was the way Dynamite ended. So Kenny Omega and Ray Phoenix have a great matchup. Tremendous match. I thought these guys did well. And um, I got to hand it to them. I think they took show of the week of course but match there's a i don't know if it's match of the year candidate but it's a really really top top-notch match yeah but i mean considering that was only what the second show of the year shut I think, up i mean maybe it could be top <laughs> right, right now fine. as of today right now it's it's match of the week possibly match of the year after next week i don't know but here's the here's the cool part is we get to the ending where uh, all of a sudden, Phoenix gets the piss knocked out of him, and now it's Butcher and the Blade come down. And like, what the hell is happening? Like, is Kenny Omega positioned with Eddie Kingston and Butcher and the Blade? Is this what's going on? And the next thing you know, from out of nowhere, the Good Brothers, Carl Anderson and Doc Gallows, Luke Gallows, rush the ring, beat the snot out of everybody with Kenny Omega. And then all of a sudden, it's a Donnybrook. It's a Pier 6 brawl. Everybody's going everywhere. I was wondering what was going to happen at the end of this match. (laughs) Spoiler alert. Then the Young Bucks come down. And I was like, wait, what? What the hell? 
all right, what are we doing? So the young bucks start to do this like whole thing with Kenny. Like, what are you doing They're They're like, I can't believe this. It seemed like they were teasing. There was going to be a confrontation. Well, Butcher and the Blade recover on the outside. Both of them grab on one of, I guess it was on one of the good brothers. No, no, no. You, that was, um, you're talking about. Um, was that uh, Phoenix the, and Penna? No, the Hollywood or the the blondes or whatever they're going. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The, uh, the, the something varsity. Garrison, Garrison and Pillman. Yeah. Who the hell is Chris Garrison? <laughs> Thank you, Brody Lee. Um. But yeah, so like the Bucks are out there, and all of a sudden they both hit a super kick to knock them off of the Good Brothers. And I don't remember which Jackson it is because I get Nick and Matt confused, but one of them throws the two sweet up. Omega and the Good Brothers throw the two sweet up, and all of a sudden you've got a Bullet Club, full fledged Bullet Club reunion as you got the Bucks. Gallows and Anderson and Kenny Omega with Don Callis right there center ring. And AEW is looking at a full-fledged Bullet Club right there on our television screen. I think it's easy to see that the elite is now transitioning into Kenny Omega's Bullet Club. Uh, or whatever they're going to call it. Yeah, I think I think it'll be called something different. I, I just wish they'd hurry up and get the first t-shirt out. Uh, I'm in need of a new new bullet club shirt that'll be the test is if they manage to pull off a bullet club shirt then you know they're in cahoots with new japan well the, the big thing was and and i noticed this is that they threw the two suite up and uh one of the guys i think it was sunny in our in our c2c chat asked wasn't that trademarked mm-hmm it supposedly was, but if I recall, they got thrown out of court because it's a freaking hand gesture. It'd be like if you tried to trademark the middle finger. Well, I, I think as far as the trademark is, you cannot, you probably couldn't use it on merchandise. Right. But as far as a gesture, they would probably be covered under, you know, First Amendment or something. They would probably be okay to use it as a hand gesture, but not to put it on market it on merchandise. And then of course the entire time that they are um, in the ring doing the two sweet, the crowd is doing the bullet club two sweet hand gesture and, and doing the chant too mm-hmm. sweet, whoop, whoop, too sweet. And it's like, ah, uh, damn. So once again, Brian, AEW and they reeled us in because we didn't we didn't see it coming. Uh, I mean I don't I, I don't think you saw it coming on AEW. Mm-hmm. I think you you clearly see it on Impact because Omega and the Good Brothers are together on Impact. Right. Right. And they have a match this Saturday. With um, uh, Motor City Machine Guns and Rich Swan, so you see it coming on on uh, Impact. But this is the first time that if you if you only watch an AEW, that you actually see it happen in AEW. And I don't think it's done. I think there's more to come. So three days ago, this uh, this headline. 
hit the news. I've shared it for you guys to take a look at. Bullet Club member Tamatanga claims WWE's too sweet cease and desist was a work. And that the Young Bucks were were lying and that they never got it. Oh, uh, so, but why wouldn't you? <clears throat> look at what it did for them. True. I mean, it literally helped spark the Bullet Club merchandise bonanza that was that period of time. And not only that, but it made it helped make them household names. Here's the thing. I tried to look up and see if Too Sweet was actually trademarked. And I'm typing it in right now. You guys can probably see. It shows <clears throat> Too Sweet trademark was abandoned. Failure to respond or late response. This is officially from our, our government uh, website for uh, trademarks. This was back in 2019 was the last update. There is no trademark on the phrase Too Sweet. But get that shit quick. <laughs> So, but, so look, look where it says international class. Mm-hmm. It says clothing, footwear, headgear. Yep. So that's that's where it would have came. It would have been on merchandise. Um, there's nothing that says anything about like hand gestures or anything like that. Right. So it would have been strictly for clothes. So we'll 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 try, we'll try to look up the two sweet gesture and see what we can find. Anyway, the well, bottom line here is, um, well, here's 2017. Go no, go up. Go back up. Go ahead. Uh, you just had something about Wolfpack click hand gesture has been trademarked. Ah, here we go. 2015. This is the this is the uh, the news that was sent out at this point. According to Greg Zarnstoff, director of trademark licensing, the new website web.ncsu.edu slash trademarks um, basically put he was stating that the WWE didn't necessarily own the trademark but it was NC State University because it was a signal that the Wolfpack or NC State utilized if in fact the WWE <clears throat> owns it then obviously we would have seen something in the news this week it would have come out. Someone would have said something. The wrestling community is just not able to keep things quiet. However, I say that and in the same breath, this is the same company that had us thinking it was going to be Matt Hardy as the exalted one and brought in Brody Lee. That had no inkling and no hinting of Miro coming in. And boom, suddenly Rusev is Miro and he's on AEW. So they could just as easily bury it or change the two sweet to a, uh, to a middle finger just that quick. And we probably wouldn't even see it, but you know, here we are, we're in the midst of uh, 2021 and it looks to me like AEW on top of partnering with impact and NWA may have a door open to working with new Japan. Okada has already said that he wants to see it. Kenta is openly taunting and challenging John Moxley. And Wrestle Kingdom 15 
John Moxley responded to Kenta's challenge with a promo from the United States uh, headquarters for New Japan. So clearly there is some degree of working agreement beginning. And if in fact it takes place the way it seems, Ryan, we could be that much closer to an actual Supercard event. So I think you probably, what's the next AEW one? Uh, February? Is it February yeah. or March? I think you will probably get a super card, not the February one, but the following AEW one. So that would be May, June, somewhere in there. I think that's I think that's probably where you're going to get it because I think you're going to you're probably if they're smart you're going to start to see other things take shape and other um like feuds uh, start to form after February. I think February you might get hopefully we'll get the blood and guts with mm-hmm. the bullet the uh, AEW's Bullet Club, Good Good Brothers, whatever you want to call them, and probably a mix of AEW and Impact, because I can see I can very easily see Saturday um, Moxley coming to help Swan and um, the the Guns. You know what That's I'm saying? That's what I was waiting for to happen. I was waiting to see Rich Swan and the Machine Guns run out and attack Kenny Omega. That's what I thought was going to happen. Yeah, but they're good guys. You know, why would you have good guys run out and do it? I mean, Moxley is down the middle, so he makes sense. But mm-hmm. the other ones, they don't really make sense. But I'm hoping we get some really good dream matches out of this. I feel like we could we could certainly see more from what we're seeing in this this partnership. And it's so early still in what AEW and Impact are presenting. I mean, the Machine Guns versus the Young Bucks. I mean, who who wouldn't want to see that? The Bucks and the Machine Guns? Hell yes. In the tables and ladders match, a re- remake from the. Uh, when the Bucks were known as uh, what, what, what? Oh, what? Generation Me. Yeah. Yeah, there it is. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> Pluto.tv has an Impact Wrestling channel, and it's constantly playing old Impact and TNA stuff. And I got a chance to watch um, not just that, but also um, the debut of Cody in Impact Wrestling when he came out and beat up Mike Bennett. It was just there's this certain feeling of you just excitement that you get when you think about what could really be going on, what could be coming up in, in the future because of what AEW has managed to pull off. Yeah. But I mean, think about it. It only makes sense, right? So if you're impact mm-hmm. and somebody comes along <clears throat> And I can only assume that it was probably Callus and Omega, right? That that probably brokered this deal. Now, I could be wrong, but you know, knowing their history, 
you know, they probably had talks going on for some time, just like we would, you know, if, if Rob was in one fed and you were in the other and I was in the third, you know, oh man, how cool would it be if we could get these, these guys to come together? So I'm sure they've been talking about it for some time and, um, it's, I, I think that's what make is going to make this a very interesting thing, right? Because I just I don't see any of them being so narrow minded that they're like, well, we're going to do one pay per view, one joint pay per view, and then we're out. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, look at the look at the amount of money Impact stands to gain, right? So AEW is doing pretty good. We can agree to that, right? Absolutely. It, it, whereas Impact is taking a hell of a goddamn hit. Now I watch Twitch on Tuesday nights. I have been lately, um, and I mean, even from their own fans on the message that pop up, they talk about how the amount of viewers have doubled since this whole Kenny Omega thing. So if it's doubling on Twitch. You know it's Dublin on all the other, you know, uh, places they put the video, they put it out there too, which again means an impact will gain financially from this. And if your impact and your, uh, uh, you know, if NWA is running, impact is number four, right? If New Japan is running, impact slides down to number five as far as top American feds, you know, well, you don't have four and five or three and four right now. You Why not jump on with AEW and be like, yeah, let's make some money. Let me, let me build my coffers up so that let me get my wrestlers out there. So when NWA new Japan finally start running again, I can compete with them. Mm-hmm. And to me, it just makes good business sense. I mean, you're not, hurting anything by being involved and working together I, I just feel like you know for all of the they'll never do this they'll never do that attitude the bottom line here is what's going to help the overall business and industry grow and there's such a small-minded mindset from so many different people not just not just wwe but just in general that what AEW is doing well right now is just saying you know what why not I mean, think about it. Really, that's what they're doing. Why can't we work with NWA? Why can't we work with Ring of Honor, Impact, or hell, let's let's send the Olive Branch over to New Japan and see what they think. And sure enough, here we are. Talk Sport had an interview with Don Callis. Callis says New Japan Pro Wrestling uh, superstar, newly crowned IWGP Heavyweight Champion Kota Ibushi. Um, should be able to think a little bit outside the box, just like Kenny Omega, and defend all over the world. Holy crap, why not? Imagine Kota Ibushi and Kenny Omega one-on-one on Impact. Or not Impact, on Dynamite. Well, you know, again, I, I think the other thing, too, is you're probably... Th- those individuals that, like us, grew up with you know, 20 NWAs and all these other feds were affiliated with them, whether they carried the NWA banner or not, they were all affiliated, right? 
are now starting to become in positions of power mm-hmm. to where they remember. Ah, oh, man, remember when Ric Flair went to world class mm-hmm. and fought Devon Eriks? Oh, man, that was so cool. Remember the super shows with uh, Lawler um, down in Memphis in the AWA? And I think at one time it was three of them. Mm-hmm. On one one particular supercard, it was Memphis AWA and maybe USWA, whatever it was. World I mean, class, wasn't it? World class NWA and AWA. Uh, yeah, I mean it was some crazy three way, just a massive thing. And again, now these people are in power. The ones like us that are, you know, enjoy wrestling and aren't afraid to, or, or you know, to try some some craziness like that. I think there's just you have to be willing to go outside your comfort zone. You have to be willing to, you know, put something out there that nobody else has seen before. And frankly, some people love, some people hate, you know, Impact or WWE or AEW, whatever. But the ability to think outside of all of that and say, yeah, you know, we have the ability to just say, why not? What if? And go from there. And that's where AEW is winning this winning this battle. They're winning it because they're willing to open up their minds and say, yeah, why not? Let's invite them. Let's see what mm-hmm. happens. Tony Khan's like, why can't we joke around and mess with Impact? Does these infomercial commercial type spots with Impact that are absolutely hilarious. Um, and frankly, it's just an amount of levity that I think the industry needs. Why can't he poke fun? Why couldn't... Because Vince McMahon did it back in the day. He did it back with USWA. Remember, he would take out ads and poke fun at Lawler and all the rednecks in Tennessee. That's what he used to do. He would send Randy Savage down there to beat up Jerry Lawler. You know, this was what was happening back in the day. And back then it worked. Back then it got attention to the product. Why can't that same mentality work today? Well, I, again, I think it's just that you had the two big companies – WCW and the WWE when they were when when they were going at it they were legit going at it right i mean and feelings get in the way and you just can't you can't work with them i mean there's there is a a certain mentality i agree with you on that because this was WWE was at one point canceling their contract with their water company because they couldn't afford to fill the water bottles at the water coolers. They were getting rid of pencils and pens because they couldn't afford to replenish their supplies. So, yeah, I mean, there was a time where during board meetings, Vince would sit with his creative team and wish death upon Eric Bischoff. Mm-hmm. This, is you, the, this is what he dealt with. Yeah, and and even today, as long as he's – running the show mm-hmm. it, it it's the same mentality because you know he looks at AEW the same way he looked at WCW if yep. he didn't he would never have put NXT to go head to head with him right it's going to be a guy like Triple H that ultimately says I'm going to call him not hey Vince we should it's going to be I'm gonna and or I've already called him mm-hmm it's going to have to be because that's the only way that gets done. But 
in the same breath though and this is the this is i guess more to your point i'm not sure if the wwe could take down those walls and it Maybe to not. me it wouldn't matter who was running the show right because it it's that mentality that they have that they're the best in the world and they could give poops less uh, where you came from or what you did, you know, as JBL would put it against AJ Styles on any number of uh, occasions that I, I think that mentality would probably get in the way. I mean, literally if, do you honestly think, that they would say, okay, WrestleMania, we're going to do something we've never done before, and we're going to have Kenny Omega versus Roman Reigns, and we're going to put him in the cage. Do you think that they they would be like, okay, so this is, and I'm talking like Triple H, okay, this is either going to end in a tie or some, you know, crazy finish, or we're going to do something that you're not going to see coming and we're going to let Omega win. Mm-hmm. Or are they going to be like, no, this is Roman Reigns. He's their world champ. He's got to win. My money says that they're going to try and force Roman to win just because they can't, they couldn't get in front of the, you know, in front of the truck. Which again, takes away from Kenny Omega. Now, again, some crazy double DQ or run in or whatever, kind of like what they would used to do would be perfectly fine with me. But I just, I don't know if the WWE could concede certain things. Rob, you've been uh, noticeably quiet on this. What, What are your thoughts here, man, with AEW partnering with Impact, with them seemingly just saying, you know what, why not? And then basically saying, we've done it. (laughs) <laughs> which is what they've done. What is it that you think keeps keeps them afloat with the supercard possibilities and mentality that WWE just can't seem to get their head wrapped around? Egos. That's it, it all goes down to egos about the about to be in the biggest in the yard, the biggest in the 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 field or whatever and um for years, you know, WWE was the only game in town and they were you know nobody was ever big enough to compete and um you know i mean it kind of not to quote politics but you know easy (laughs) but and i know that's one of our rules so i'm (laughs) I'm just saying be careful (laughs) um no i'm talking about like there's a certain country that kept causing issues and issues and issues until because everybody ignored them, you know, everybody ignored them until finally somebody said, Hey, all right, I'll meet with you. And then they kind of settled down and, um, it's kind of like that with the WWE and everything. WWE's like, Oh wait, those those places don't exist. We're going to freak out and we're going to change our programming from one day to another, but they don't exist. And I think that's why they won't get involved because of the egos. And we've always said that if the little guys banded band together, you know, and they could, they could make waves and they've got, they've got for the first time in years, there's a little bit bigger brother 
than's ever been around. You know, I mean, obviously Impact, Impact and Ring of Honor, and you know, they've all been great, but they've never been huge, right? And able to compete at a certain level, and with AEW, with the television it's got, with the following social media it's got, you know, it's kind of like. It's kind of like whoever has Wendy's social media account. You know what I mean? Like, if you look at social media accounts for different restaurants, Wendy's is by far, you know, they keep commenting on everything, you know? Yes. I saw them take it. They took a picture of a, Mc, a McDonald's food truck, and they're like, who ordered the garbage truck? You know, like, um, <laughs> but um, that's why I think it's it's because di- it's different. It's something all of us fans, especially those of us who are around in the eighties and nineties, early you know eighties and nineties, where they had AWA, NWA, WCW, World Class, you know, and watching those super shows on ESPN late at night, you know, the Von Erichs versus Ric Flair versus Al Perez, you know. Um, those things that's what excites the wrestling fans you know it's it's kind of like when movies when movies break the fourth wall you know when the movie you're watching breaks that fourth wall it's like wait a minute they're letting us in you know these wrestling promotions are breaking the fourth wall and they're letting you in you know and in reality what wrestling promotion wouldn't want your who wouldn't want their belt on another program you know, right. You're paying, you're paying Luke Gallo, Gallows and Anderson the same amount of money. If they appear on dynamite, you know, that if they pair on your show and if you're AEW, you don't have to pay these people anything. You get their creed, their following, and you don't have to fit the bill. And not I've only that, it only stands to beginning. your company. You know, I've said from the beginning, WCW would have, it, the, the Monday Night Wars would have been different if when DX showed up at Norfolk Spokoke, Norfolk Coliseum, WCW would have been like, open the door, come in. Right. You know, same thing WWE didn't do when the Elite showed up. If they would have let the Elite in all those years ago and called them on their bluff, It'd be different, but they didn't. They did exactly what WCW did. Shut the door. Put the change on the doors like that movie, you know? <laughs> but, I mean, that's what I think. It's, it, it's, it's apparent to me that the way that AEW has found a way to be creative is just by saying, what if? Instead of just following that same old, and, and that formula does work with some companies, you know, the same old good guy versus bad guy, which is what we're going to do. And some companies have done it very well. Impact did it for a has done it well. Right. But what we're seeing now is, and Brian, we've talked about it before, how AEW doesn't necessarily focus on faces and heels as much as they focus on this match will be better than that match X, Y, and Z. So they've managed to open that door but when they do focus to it, like with the Kenny Omega heel turn, it's like it's not even just turned up to 11. It's amped up to 20 because now, you know, holy shit, we have a real bad guy. 
Yeah, but so let's not forget that this guy is supposedly the best in the world. Right. Right. And I mean, we're not talking, uh, you know, no offense, um, you know, about like say Cody, right. If Cody, if Cody turns bad, right. Right. Okay. All right. So it's, uh, Cody went bad. Okay. But this is Kenny Omega and this guy's been touted as the best for how many years? Four, five, six, maybe. Since 15, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, this isn't, this isn't a guy that, um, is just going to half butt things. I mean, this is a guy who literally was at the WWE says, no, thanks. Right. I'm out of here. This right. is, this is not for me. I'm out. And he's one of the first and probably only few to ever do that. Right. Wasn't it Bill DeMott that said, Hey kid, but go to Japan. Or was no, it someone it was, else? Um, it was who else was it? William Regal. Um, no, I don't, I don't think anybody told him I, to go to Japan. I know think... he, he's credited. Uh, I want to say it's Finley with telling or him, maybe, you know what uh, you need to do is go to Japan do what you do and come back and see us basically. Yeah. So he leaves. Right. And he's a, I won't say proverbial no name, but he's, he's an indie darling. Right. Oh yeah. As an, as a junior heavyweight before he became the cleaner, he was an absolute nobody. Well, and that's no, not yeah. putting him down, but he wasn't known. No. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. He was an indie darling when he was in ROH and, you know, the, the yeah, small independent yeah. feds. Then he yeah. goes to WWE, says, I'm out. Deuces. This isn't right, for right, me. Right. Goes to New Japan, reinvents himself in such a way that he just literally hops a rocket ship, and that thing is yet to come down. Right. Right? <clears throat> so the only way you can do that is to be a thousand times bigger than what you, what you really are. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? That you are, you have to be so far out there that you, you're so polarized and that people either hate you or people love you. And it doesn't shock me that he's amped up, um, you know, from Kenny Omega six months ago to, the cleaner now, you know, because watching him in New Japan, he was every bit of over the top in your face, um, you know, that, that he is now. <clears throat> and over there, of course, you know, with the Japanese audience, they love him, you know. Would you qualify him then as not necessarily turning, but just finally revealing the true character? Oh no, I think it's a I think it's a turn. But I, I yeah, but I mean again this isn't a sudden turn uh -huh. because on um being the elite, I mean look at how long ago he started it. And it was just on being the elite. And then it started picking up momentum and remember the he almost kind of turns on the young bucks. But right. he doesn't turn on the young bucks, and so I think it was just a very cleverly 
timed heel turn. And my comment on political had nowhere endorsing any current political climate at all. Yeah, be careful with that. That's all ridiculous weather right there. We'll just put That's like why that. I had to make my comment. Like, I was not endorsing anything going on. Oh. Yeah. And we'll leave it at that. Yeah. Good call. Um, with what I've seen in the current, you know, AEW climate, one of the things that still has me scratching my head, what the hell are these guys doing with Will Hobbs? They turned him. They had him hit Cody with the belt, which seemingly made no sense. And now he is background to Brian Cage and Ricky Starks. Yeah, but so now, you know, again, since I saw him on Dynamite the first time, yeah, I've sung his praises, right? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. But again, you're talking a guy that is very new to the business, right? And is still mm -hmm. learning, and he is learning from a guy like Taz, a guy like Ricky Starks, and a guy like Brian Cage. Right. It's not his time to be in the forefront mm -hmm. because he would have been. God, I don't want to say this. Um, he's like bonus, right? He's like a bonus addition to this. To to bonus dad. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, if, if he doesn't do what he did on Dynamite, he's not part of this group. He becomes like so many other people on Dynamite that are no longer there. You see what I'm saying? Right. So don't let's not let's not push him to the forefront quite yet. He'll get his time, but I don't think he's been wrestling but for so long. And this is definitely his biggest amount of exposure to date. Well, I mean, you have to your point, you have been touting Will Hobbs as, you know, a star for months. Uh, that there, there's no question on that. But I also feel that with what we're seeing right now is, and maybe this is just a factor of you got to be patient until the second TV show hits TV. Because right now you've got a roster that is coming close to being so full where you don't have enough TV time for everybody. But they I mean, do. obviously you don't have enough TV time for everybody yet, but but you have not a uh, dark, which is literally like 16 matches every week. They get the matches in, you know? Yeah. So to me, I almost wonder, and, and maybe the reason they did it with Hobbs was because we need to keep him in everybody's thought. We need to keep everybody thinking about what's he going to do next. So we keep him on dynamite instead of putting him on dark and letting him gain some ground. Like look at Anna Jet. Like, she's on Dark every week. But she wrestles on Dynamite, what, every few weeks? Mm -hmm. Tay Conti, same thing. But Conti has an NWA title shot next week. And I'm pretty confident that she's going to beat Serena Deeb. I think we're going to see Ty, Ty Conti beat Serena Deeb and join the Dark Order next week. I almost think she has unofficially joined. 
Well, this is the, this is where it becomes, and, and I I want to be careful with this because I don't. I'm not making fun of John Hoover, but it's almost as if they utilize the memorial show to position her now where she's closer to Dark Order now more than ever. So you can transition her to joining Dark Order now, and it seems like it makes sense. And I would agree with you. It does kind of seem like she's unofficially joined. But two weeks ago, it didn't seem like it. So I don't know. But I I think there were some... I don't remember if they came out and said she had joined, but I think there was her and Anna Jay were together mm-hmm. and there was uh, somebody said something about her being dark order again. So AEW has been no different than any other fed where they just like things happen and it just derails certain storylines. Oh, and I'm about to get to one that was major from this past week. And I think, I I would imagine that, again, she was, they were close to putting her in there, Mm -hmm. and they were probably holding off for, you know, uh, a women's tag team, you know, to get closer, and then put her in there, and then they would get that. You you know what I'm saying? Then, of course, John passes away, and which, you know, derails any number of storylines. Um. So the 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 problem is we don't even know if there's going to be a dark order on the backside of this. That's true, and and I didn't even think of that. But this past Wednesday, they did. St- they were still together. Mm-hmm. We don't know what happens now, but they were still together at night one of New Year's Smash. Before I get to where I think was a major drop ball moment, Rob, last week you weren't with us, so I wanted to go ahead and get your thoughts. Your thoughts on the passing of Brody Lee and the legacy he leaves behind? I mean, he's one of the true big men in the sport, and he kept true to who he was, even though, you know, circumstances being what they were. Um, He always wrestled the best visibility. He got into gimmicks. He stayed the course with the company, and then doing, you know, kind of bucking the system there towards, you know, with AEW where he said, you know what, I could stay here in WWE and I could keep wrestling and doing the same thing and making money and, you know, be fine, but I'm not happy creatively. And so he jumped to AEW and, I mean, you see what it was. I mean, it was amazing the run he had the short run he had. And I mean, he was one of the big guys who could do those kind of moves. Like you don't see every day, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And very bruiser Brody ish from the beginning. When I thought, when I watched him, Um, he could be a brute, but then he could get on the ropes and do whatever. So it's going to be missed. Very sad. Um, It's sad that anybody tries to use anyone's passing for their own gain. When people try to make their stories or whatever, um, but I do like what her, what his wife came out and said, where she said, you know what, stop being negative about one or the other, just enjoy what it's out there. You know, wrestling is good to us. They've still been good to us and just go watch wrestling. And, um, and that's what I think. So. Yeah. Amanda yeah. Huber came out with a great article, a great, well, not really an article, a message 
the wrestling business, talking about how they were not bitter towards WWE. They were very grateful for towards WWE for giving them the opportunity to travel the world for, for Brody to become the star that he is. And I respect the hell out of that. And I think that after seeing the videos that I've seen that WWE has produced, that's on their YouTube, that's on their network, um, obviously, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. They probably would have preferred to have done it differently now. But looking back on it, I feel that WWE did do well with putting a memory to their part of John Huber's legacy. Um, only in retrospect do I think that they definitely should have put that on Raw, you know, instead of just putting it on YouTube and the network. But I agree with you that the world is just way too small to uh, continue to hate. Yeah, you point out the negatives. That's fine. But let's make sure we identify positives and move forward, which I think we get caught up in it. We get caught up in it here. It's easy to do. Um, but we also, one of the things I've always been proud of when it comes to our show is we've always been able to find the positive even <laughs> a little teeny sliver one thing i did want to talk about from dynamite and this really this really bugged, bugged me you know it bugged me a lot more than i thought it would because i'm a huge Sheeta fan but abaddon and Sheeta, to me should have been where Sheeta lost the title abaddon's mystique has been uh very just quick in in running high and you can keep shaking your head all you want. I feel like this was a missed opportunity. And now Abaddon's credibility as a challenger, eh, uh, she just beat her. So what's what's the point? You had her bite her on the neck, for Christ's sake. She's bleeding everywhere. But uh, <laughs> superhero Sheeta, super Sheeta. So super Sheeta. Does that mean... That if Bret Hart beat Shawn Michaels the first time they ever wrestled, they should have never wrestled again? I'm glad you asked that question. How long from 1994, when Shawn first challenged for the title, to the time that Shawn was considered a credible world championship challenger again for Bret Hart? The answer is obvious. I just want to hear you say it. Tell me the truth. Oh, I, I don't know, but I'm asking you because... Two years. It took two years to get him back in that spot. Okay. Well, Brian's so... going to throw a wrench in it. No. Damn it. I, I'm <laughs> not going to throw a wrench in it, but just because she loses, that doesn't take anything from her it, it, for Abaddon. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, I mean... Who knows? Maybe this is the start of the feud and the payoff comes somewhere down the line. Why, why would you start you, a feud with a loss like that? Though? Uh, a lot of feuds start with a loss. I mean, let's go to... Um, um, who was it? Nikita Koloff and uh, Magnum TA. Didn't they have a best of seven? They did. Uh, somebody had to lose the first match. But how did they get there? They had to get to the best of seven. Sure, because they got to the best of seven because you're you're building a feud, right? Right. So literally, this is she. How many weeks ago did Abaddon bite her? No, no, no. I was talking about during <laughs> the matchup, but well, yeah, uh, the yeah, very yeah, first yeah. instance was uh, maybe a month ago. 
Okay, so this is what I'm what I'm getting at is this has been going on for at least a month, right? And I think there were a few interactions prior to the neck bite, right? Yeah. So month, month and a half this has been going on, right? Boom, boom, boom. Well, now you've got Abaddon losing to Sheeta, right? But we don't have the crystal ball to see if Sheeta moves on Very or true. if Abaddon says, well, I'm not done with you yet. And maybe instead of giving it away on Dynamite, Dynamite they want to give it away on a pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Right, so I mean, I wouldn't get up. I wouldn't get disgruntled. I mean, everybody does it. I'm sure if you go back and think, the WWE's done it a hundred times, thousands of times, probably. And you just, for whatever reason, you probably it didn't click that. You know, again, what, what's the old adage about wrestling that everybody's stealing from everybody else? Everybody Very true. Stealing, yeah, you, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So this, I'm sure you've seen the storyline before. It's just that, you know, I, I, I mean, I don't think, I don't think, uh, for me, I don't think a, a, a regular match on Dynamite is where Sheeta should lose that title. Well, here's the thing, and I've touted Sheeta as one of the best, if not the best, female wrestler in the world right now. I've been ringing that bell. Since before she won the title. Why are you pointing up? Do you have a bell? I'm that would be funny if you had a bell. <laughs> Ring the bell. Ring the bell. But I've been saying that since she started in AEW because she's damn impressive. And for me to say that and then say, have her lose to Abaddon because it would have been shocking. It would have set the stage. And that's, what, to me, what would have made a difference. I don't necessarily disagree with you because you may be right that we could be seeing her positioning herself towards um, towards a, a, a long-term feud with Abaddon, which I'm okay with, but I think I would have much rather have seen like the, oh my God, I can't believe she lost, and then the mystique of Abaddon going forward. Yeah, I'm just... I... To me, I, I think if I'm if Sheeta is losing, she loses at a pay per view. I mean, I'll give you that. I, I think a pay per view would have made clearer sense and at least would have presented it to where they could have maximized earnings on it. And I think if she loses to Abaddon, it's got to be a special match. Yeah, a gimmick match. I don't, I don't, I don't see. Uh, to me, I don't see Abaddon out wrestling her. To me, I I would need a stipulation. Well, and that's that's just it. Like to me, that's why having her lose in a shocking fashion, like she's drugged onto the ring, she's bit in the neck, and to me, I was like, okay, now she's hurt. This is where Abaddon beats her because she just beats her, like physically beats her up. Instead mm-hmm. of out wrestling her, she just takes it to brutality. And to me, I was like, wow, we haven't seen she to go that direction yet. So that would have made sense. But maybe you're right. I just feel like this is a missed opportunity. It's kind of like watching if we had seen the Bucks versus FTR on Dynamite instead of pay-per-view, to your point, I would have been upset because 
just like you said, you save that for a major moment. So maybe you're right, but I felt like it would have been if you're really, really trying to go for a shock value, that's where it's at. But that, yeah, that's and, my opinion. But the other thing AEW does not do, right, to me is shock value. If you look at the world title, mm-hmm. right, it's going from Jericho to Moxley to Omega. Right. Right. And what we're talking a year and four months, five months. Mm-hmm. Okay. So your world title has only changed hands three times in over a year. Your right. women's title, Riho. Uh, Nyla Rose, Rose, and then Sheeta. Yeah, three times. Your tag titles. I think we're about three times. SCU, Page, and Omega. FTR, Young Bucks. So four times. Right. You see what I'm saying? They don't. To me, they are. It. It's like they're trying to build tradition in these titles that these titles mean something mm-hmm. and again that's where for me i think it's more shocking on a pay-per-view even after seeing Sheeta beat abaddon mm-hmm. multiple times because you don't know where abaddon lies so you can't really call her a good guy you can't really call her a bad guy she's kind of down the middle yeah right so you can very easily sway the crowd in her favor mm-hmm. if the next time Sheeta's out there, she comes out and Sheeta's just like, you know what, screw it. Where's my kendo stick? And right, she just right. beats her mercifully, right? And where she has to be pulled off. Well, guess what? Sheeta is now starting to play the, the heel. Abaddon's the good guy in some weird switcheroo. And Abaddon is going to get another shot, mm-hmm. say, in February. Yeah. And you can then have Sheeta beat the tar out of her all the way up through February. And then if Abaddon wins in February, it's going to give you the same effect that it would have given you last Wednesday because you're going to be like, holy shit, Sheeta's beat the tar out of her. Mm-hmm. And you wouldn't, you still wouldn't see it coming. Which, again, is something AEW does. You know, they kind of disguise things. And where you think people may win, <laughs> they don't. And, you, right. you know, it's almost like playing the shell game. You know, they're masters at playing the shell game. And you figure out, well, no, the ball's under that shell. No, no, it's not. Right, Try right. Yeah. You know, so. So we're coming up on our time here, you know. Two hours goes by so damn fast. I always say that. Final thought as we head into this coming week, New Year's Smash, night two, Raw and SmackDown in NXT. Guys, anything you're looking forward to, excuse me, looking forward to this coming week? Uh, I'll let Rob go first if he wants. (laughs) Unless he fell asleep. Maybe he fell asleep. Come on, Rob. What do you got? Anything you're looking forward to from the wrestling world? Uh, 
see where they go now with Omega and the Good Brothers and that stuff. We'll see where that goes. Um, is that going to be like a faction building storyline or is it like a one-off? Um, and let's see if there's please something happened with the, the Drew McIntyre and Goldberg. You know, I'm, I'm praying that the Miz cashes in somehow and wins. Well, <laughs> you know, when we hope for the Miz to win the world title, you know something is going wrong with professional wrestling. <laughs> Horribly wrong. Right, right. I mean, they, they screwed up the cash-in so badly the last time. Uh, I don't know how you keep screwing it up, but maybe Rob's right. Brian, what do you got? Man, so I just hope that negative one keeps getting some promos. Because I absolutely love the hell out of Negative One and Marco Stunt. I thought for an eight-year-old, that kid is gifted. <laughs> he has uh, a remarkable presence about him. For a kid that young to just know where he's at in a promo, very good timing. Very good. But, and uh, what was it? Uh, who, who did he cut the promo on? Where he comes out and he's in the suit. And, the, you know, the shirt. And next thing you know, he, like, rips his shirt open and he's, like, pulling it out. Like, oh, yeah. uh, the damn kendo stick. I mean, yeah. if this kid doesn't get into wrestling when he gets old enough, then they've screwed it all up. It's all for naught. Well, I mean, he he does have a contract waiting. But I, his promos are, are got to be some of the best things on TV right now. Or, I guess, on the Internet. So. New Year's Smash Night 2 coming up. We've got the Elite in action. Now, this is Kenny Omega and two of his best friends, as defined by Don Callis. That does not automatically mean the Young Bucks. We may actually see the Good Brothers and Omega in action on Night 2. That's the craziest thing I've heard in a good few years because of the fact that it's Impact's Tag Champions showing up on TNT and possibly wrestling. Now, that being the case, that doesn't mean the Bucks don't show up. And maybe we haven't seen the end of how all this plays out. I still want to see Adam Page get involved. I still want to see, and I really want to see it now, I want to see the Gorillas of Destiny on AEW. Mm. My God, seeing them show up and just... I don't want to see him join them. I want to see him fight them because mm-hmm. the this, this smack they talk on Twitter makes me just say, God, I want to see this. So I guess that's what I'm looking forward to. So, you know, now that you mention it, I'm waiting, I think, for Moxley to show up on Impact. And with nobody in the crowd, he blows the roof off the arena. <laughs> I think he'd blow the roof off of Josh Matthews' head. Yeah, I, I I just, to me, that's the next logical step. Because, again, so now there's five Bullet Club. Right. Blood and Guts is five on five. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so hopefully we get one or maybe one more impact and then Moxley involved. And we finally get this Blood and Guts match. And, you know, I hopefully that's where this is ultimately being saw, set up. What if we saw? Moxley and the Gorillas of Destiny with the Motor City Machine Guns and Rich Swan 
against Kenny Omega, the Good Brothers, the Young Bucks, and throw in somebody else. Tell me you wouldn't pay good money to see that because I know god dang well you would. Oh, I'm already. I've already told the wife I'm buying the paper <laughs> Saturday just to see, you know, the Good Brothers and Omega. I, I mean, mean they, something's going to happen there. It's got to. I mean. <laughs> It's an exciting time. Wrestling is just pushing our buttons. Catch up with Brian over on social media. He's at strcp21 on Twitter and uh, Brian Taylor on Facebook. Rob, where do they find you? Rob Hefner, pretty much everywhere. RDHU Red FAP on the Instagram. That's it. And Rob Hefner, C2C on the Twitter bot. At Stan Grubb everywhere for me. And then, of course, hey. It's at C2C Radio Show on Twitter, Corner to Corner Wrestling on Facebook, C2C Radio Show.com. Hey, real, real quick, did I show you these? I'm not doing it. Yeah. I'm not doing it. You're doing it. No, not with a camera on you. <laughs> catch up with us. Of course, you can always catch New Attitude Media's network of shows at newattitudemedia.com catch up with the diego and divorce show do it right away they've got the living legend larry zabisco in a great interview coming up you'll be hearing that on rebroadcast uh, very very soon we'll have it loaded up on the player we will see you next sunday 8 30 p.m we'll be live hopefully if we can get brian back into his skype account uh, yeah Hopefully. Maybe we'll create a new one just to get him on here. Goddamn Microsoft. (laughs) I do have a spare Skype account now that I think of it. I just got to remember the password. It wouldn't be hard to get it. The one he does porn on. Tammy, it's not true. (laughs) Brian's on there and his headset, he starts hearing. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, yo. We'll see Dan, you next week. And second to Skype is uh, Blue Oyster Room oh, or whatever. There dun, we dun, go. Dun, 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 dun. Back with the Police Academy references. Have a great one, everybody. We'll see you. Oh, I thought we were off. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.